It's exactly 17 minutes to the hour. It's an important part of the room dividers uh, section. We're hoping that by the time we, uh, we we depart at the top of the hour and then we make room, as we said, for the Eben Elizabeth versus Human Rights Commission saga uh, happens that we would have found some form of clarity. Uh, Kondi Sanguenya uh, is in studio, Sascog spokesperson, also got a sports journalist all the way in the United States of America. Uh, that's uh, Graham Joffe, who's also been writing extensively about such issues uh, who also will be joining us in terms of that. Now, Gondis, just in, in, in setting the scene here, you have a policy around this, and, and, and that is the reason why uh, the ladies are not going to be going to the Olympic Games. For the benefit of our listeners who might not know about this policy from SASCOG, what prevents the best team on the African continent to be going to the Olympic Games? Yeah, so there is a selection policy and each and every federation that has to go to the Olympics has got a selection policy um, that was discussed and it's been um, in, in the, you know, in the system now for since, since June last year, uh, it was discussed at the Suscoke General Council and accepted. The policy itself has got um, a general eligibility criteria, which basically talks to uh, generic things such as, you know, you need to be a South African, you need to be in good standing, et cetera, et cetera. And then it goes to the sports-specific components. Um, In the case of women's rugby, it talks about two uh, primary things. One is they have to um, qualify and, and be ranked top eight in the world, and they have to win the African championships. Those are two major things I'd like to point out in that regard. Um, And what has stopped them from not going to Tokyo this time around is the fact that they didn't finish in the top eight internationally, Uh, whereas they did finish the, the, you know, number one in the continent, obviously, uh, past weekend. But those two boxes need to be ticked amongst others. um, And and that is the, the, I suppose, the most important one to to focus on uh, in this particular regard. But like I was saying to Paul, then surely issues of uh, competition are being trampled on here because now the team that they beat in the final is the team that's now going to the Olympic Games, regardless of whatever policies. But people that don't earn their stripes are now getting the ticket to go to the Olympics as opposed to the ones that have gone about it the hard way. Let's just take a step back um, before we talk about that issue because I think that's the tail end of things rather than the, the, the precursor to all of that. Um, the precursor to every policy that we have, and South Africa is no exception in this regard, um, most countries around the world um, have the same criteria. I was talking to people from the International Paralympic Committee just a, a couple of weeks ago about the selection criteria. The only exception perhaps around the world is the United States where um, it is legislated that anybody who qualifies for the Olympics should just um, you know, board the plane and go to the Olympics. It's not the case in most countries around the world, so it's not an exception. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, is to say, why do we have, um, why, do, why does South Africa participate in sport around the world? What is the reason for us doing this? Why do we have sport in the country anyway? What is the reason for us doing those things? And, and everything we do is informed by that. So, so, so in this regard, I'd say, for example, the reason why we participate in events of, of international interest around the world is because we, we, we're there to represent the country and represent the country competently. Secondly, we, we go to these events in order to, uh, to fly the flag of the republic. We go there in order to inspire our people to believe in this country, not only... Um, but actually not just South Africans, but people around the world. When, when it becomes apparent that none of these things are going to be achieved, then we've got to say, well, 
then there's no point in us participating in that event. So these are the kind of things that we need to look at. Uh, the other point I need to, to, to make, and I don't want to dwell on this because sometimes we do dwell on it, is that we are not a country that has got an abundance of resources. We have competing interests, and I think everybody knows this. Um, and so based on, on, on these issues that I've just pointed out now, we've got to get to a point where we have to make some decisions about who can go, who can't go. And who is going to best represent the country? Who is going to fly the flag of the republic best uh, in these international platforms? Uh, and and talk about or put brand South Africa out there as a, as a country or as as a brand that 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 the world needs to take cognizance of. Mm. Who is going to inspire say, surely, us as a, as a country? If, if you look at it from a competition perspective, what, what has been achieved by the ladies uh, speaks true to the fact of who is best suited to then compete. Not number two, but surely it should be number one. Um, on the continent. Yeah, true. In the continent, they've done very well. So uh, as you asked me, that was the first question, and I I congratulated on that. But we're not just competing against the African continent here. We're competing against the world. So, uh, And that's the thing that we've got to look at. I mean, if you look at the recent uh, world champs in athletics in Doha, we went there thinking, look, we're going to shoot the lights out. We didn't. And uh, so that's why it's important for us to have criteria that is going to make sure that it gets as close as possible to the lifting of the flag, to making sure the South African national anthem gets sung the most in the Olympics. Uh, so so that's, those are the reasons. So it's not necessarily a deterrent uh, policy this to say that you know, people mustn't go, so we mustn't compete against anybody. It is about making sure that we send the best team that this country can do and that will compete the best against some, some you know, people uh, against other countries around the world. Yeah, but but it's also not a case of you know Sascog being squeaky clean in terms of how they administer mm-hmm. or how they put forward their policies. Uh, let me, you were talking about the United States of America. Let me go exactly there. Graham uh, Joffe standing by. He's been following a lot of these events, especially around what happens within Sascog and other federations. Graham, thanks so much for your time. Your reaction to what you you obviously heard uh, from Sascog, from what Kondi has just outlined now, uh, but also from what has happened to the ladies that went on to become the best on the continent. Rob, it's all wrong. I mean, Sascog, and no disrespect to Condisa, he's uh, the acting CEO of Sascog. He's been thrown in there. I think he's probably maybe been there for just over a year or whatever. Uh, there's rumors that he's earning a 2 million rand salary per annum. That's irrelevant. So I just wanted to, just on a couple of the topics. First of all, the Olympics is all about participation. Number one, participation, respect, and friendship. Participation. It's not about just winning medals. How do athletes get better? How do they mark themselves against the rest of the world if they're not going to go compete at the Olympic Games? The Olympic Games is the pinnacle of any sport, as a World Cup is. If you qualify, the International Rugby Federation, they make and any other international federation, there's automatic qualification if you're number one in Africa to go to the Olympic Games. Why are we disrespecting the rest of Africa? Africa, for instance, the soccer, what is it, a day or two ago where the under-17s lost 7-0 to Zambia? We are disrespecting the African nation by saying regional qualifying in Africa is not good enough to go to the Olympic Games. That's, that's, Rob, I don't know how to even explain it. So that's, that's garbage. And then second, when we talk about we don't have abundance of resources, Southcock has been totally corrupt for I don't know how many years. They have squandered millions and millions. And this is pre, this is before Condisa's time. So, you know, as I said to you, no disrespect to him. The amount of lottery money that's been just mismanaged, maladministrated. I mean, it's, it's laughable what's happened to Sascog over the last 10 or 12 years. 
and there's been no criminal action against taken against these guys that have stolen so much money. And and I bet you now, if you ask Condisa, I bet you the board members are still getting paid their salaries. They get these so-called salaries that are, first of all, in contravention of the IOC charter. Then every year we have these SA Sports Awards where 70 or 80 million rand is spent. We've got an abundance of finance facilities and, every, and, and talent. And for what South Africa has in talent, finance and facilities, we should be getting 25 medals at the Olympic Games. But now... As hold, hold, on to, hold on to that thought job. very quickly, Graham. Sorry to, to interject. Just hold on to that uh, 25 uh, medals at the Olympics thought. I want to quickly take a break. And after the break, we... Hashtag MSW. All right, hashtag MSW, speaking to Graham Joffe, also Kondi Sanguenya is in our studio. Uh, Alfie on Twitter says, I disagree with uh, what the gentleman is saying. If you're saying that there's no resources, then it means that uh, those with money and facilities will always be the ones with an advantage. What about those in townships who are failed daily by the corrupt SASCOG members? Sam Sanimnis, he says, how does a team attain top eight international ranking if they are prevented from competing internationally uh, when they are top on the continent? Graham, when we were going for that break, you were talking about uh, what is given financially versus what is not met in terms of medals, and you had counted maybe up until a balance of about 25 medals. Robbie, exactly. And those two comments from your listeners are spot on. How does a team, for instance, the canoeists, that were number one, they qualified through Africa, they're not going to the Olympic Games. How does a canoeist who can't afford to compete internationally then qualify for the Olympic Games. If we take a, a, a talented kid out of Dipslut or Alexandra or wherever, to compete internationally is, 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 is out of reach for the majority of athletes. So now you're selecting South African teams on wealth and not merit. How can you do that, Rob, in that society? Saskatchewan have got it all wrong. And yes, we should be getting 25 medals at the Olympic Games with what we have in talent, finance, and facilities. We come back, we get six or seven, and we celebrate as if we've won the World Cup. And it's only because the teams are getting smaller because what's happened, you've had self-enrichment of so many sports administrators in the country, and they've prioritized self-enrichment ahead of the athletes' needs. And there's less money going into in training. There's less money going into development. There's less grassroots development. The administrators, most, the majority, are looking after themselves. And SASCOG have done it in abundance for about the last 12 or 15 years. They have been totally corrupt. Corruption <laughs> allegations being thrown at uh, SASCOG, yeah. Kondisa? Yeah, no, let me just correct one, Ms. Norma. Uh, Graham, thanks for having you here, and it's good to, to, to have you in the show as well, actually. I'm glad you're here. Um, the the uh, First of all, I don't, and near as watched as what Graham has, has said, I'm actually not even half of that uh, from SASCOG. So let, I, I just want to make sure that, that we're clear on that issue. The second thing is to say, look, I'm not... I'm, I, Today's show is not to talk about the ills that Saskok has had in in the past, which Graham has pointed out. I'm not going to go there for today. I think let's let's focus on the selection policy, just so uh, because what I want to do is to clarify why things happen the way they do. Um, and um, he's right about one thing: that we should be spending more money preparing athletes to go to the Olympics. 
if we do that, then we're not going to have this debate at this time uh, before the Olympics because all our athletes will be performing at the level where we need to perform. We've not been able to do that for very many reasons. Um, part of what we're trying to do now is to make sure that we galvanize resources so that we can prepare our athletes better so that they can. we have more people who qualify on the basis of whatever standard we put together. Uh, to go to the Olympics. So that's the kind of uh, a vision that one has of, of SASCO going forward, that we need to be spending more time around that. Then we won't have this debate. So, um, yes, there have been uh, problems at SASCO. I'm not going to deny that. And those problems are being fixed. Uh, you know, the ministerial task team had, uh, the minister, the previous ministers had a, a, a committee of inquiry into SASCO. Those recommendations are being implemented. It's a long process, but we can discuss that on another day. The important thing is is that um, there's a criteria that is in place. That criteria has been discussed with uh, with the federations. And yes, it may not seem fair sometimes to, to other people. And, uh, and again, let me go back to, to what your two listeners have raised about the resources. And, and unfortunately, every time I raise this issue, people think that we're saying we don't have money. I'm saying South Africa is a republic doesn't have an abundance of resources. Sport, for example, doesn't get as near enough a budget as it should if you compare it with other countries around the world. That is the problem. It's not so much the usage of money by SASCO, although Graham contends that that is an issue and I don't want to debate that issue with him, but the resources we have as a country will never allow us to be able to send every athlete that uh, uh, qualifies for the Olympics to go. As I said, Robert, the other thing that we need to take into cognizance is that the, the international federations rightly so set criteria in order for them to achieve maximum participation by the countries that are affiliated to them around the world. Those countries... I, I think them, where they find wrong, again, on this yes, to come in here, sure. is, is, is the fact that those deserving athletes that don't get to go you find equally that a non-deserving administrator from SASCOG then grabs the flight to go and watch the Olympics as opposed to that athlete. And also, when it comes to other federations around the world, and we see Kenyans um, who are dominating over the weekend, yeah. when it comes to resources, they cannot even be a fraction close to what South Africa has, whether it is financially, whether it's uh, resources to do with uh, you know, facilities, etc., they are nowhere close, and yet their natural talent garners them right to be on world platforms, and they dominate and they do well, and they come back with international recognition. I mean, yeah. will you not say that that is what we need to strive towards? Well, yeah, absolutely. I can't argue against that, but let me, let me just say two things there. One is to say that um, the notion that administrators are taking tickets and they're going to, it's not going to happen again. I mean, it's not happening now. There's austerity measures that we put in place in that organization. For example, we haven't even booked uh, uh, the board to go to, to, to Tokyo. Uh, we haven't taken that option with, with, with the local organizing committee for, for exactly some of the reasons you've enunciated amongst others. So, so that, that is not going to happen uh, unless otherwise the team that qualifies is gone. But the other thing that you need to look at it and, and, at Kenya, and this is the lesson we took out of them, for me personally, out of them this weekend, and they were, what a great sporting weekend it was for them indeed. Is, but they are very, very focused. Uh, Kenya doesn't send a team of 40, 50 people to the Olympics. Sometimes they send as less as 10 people. But those 10 are definite people that, that can. Exactly. And the thing is, but, there aren't too many not, sporting codes where they, are, they, they have access to. They know that they dominate long distance or middle distance um, yeah, fields. Yeah, and, 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 and South Africa and, and, can 
in the water because we have such a diverse country where others will dominate in the water when it comes to rowing, when it comes to swimming, when it comes to triathlons. Others can dominate as far as rugby, bowls are concerned. I want to take a quick news break, gentlemen, if, if you may indulge us quickly. Uh, I also want to bring in uh, Tando Banana straight after the news. Let's catch up on what's happening in the world. Hi, Robert. Uh, Tavan here in Mitran. The gentleman there from Saskok says... There's a task team that was appointed to look into the mismanagement at SASCOG. But we have heard before that there is a certain minister, or a particular minister that uh, was had a trip to overseas that was paid for by SASCOG. So what are the chances that that task team will find against SASCOG? No, you see, Tarob, uh, SASCOG is led by, you know, corrupt individuals who know nothing about sport. I mean, how can you say to African champions that they don't, they're not good enough to go on a world stage? That's absolute garbage. Sentiments that are coming through here on our voice notes 0605842250. And also on Twitter, we have uh, Bearded Ayanda says Saskog and Safa are in the same WhatsApp group. So, being best in Africa and automatic qualification is not good enough for hockey, sevens, women, etc. But football under 23s get to go after finishing second and third and also have no chance of winning gold. Lead Duna also says, We uh, will you please ask the, the men in the studio how many international competitions did the rugby team compete in during the period that they are reviewing to ensure that they get to the top eight? I think that's a very important point because to get to the top eight, you need to be active and uh, improve your standing. So if you're denied games, then obviously your standing is not going to improve at all. Pumele Lemshweshwe says, Kondisa uh, is taking us for kids. Uh, how many athletes did we send to the World Athletics Champs and how many won medals? Saskog did the same to the hockey teams and what uh says what does the team need to do to go to the olympics edward tamba says your guest needs to come down to earth and face reality kenya send their best sportsmen and women to all world sports events south africa sends politicians who just go to these events on holidays and ayanda says well the saskog uh, says saskog is a joke uh, the administrators uh, do take up flights and come here with nonsense extra qualifications uh, Uspa says the gentleman in the studio uh, speaking in the Queen's English should be ashamed of himself by making such excuses for Sanskog. It's all just utter nonsense and they are not uh, and we are not taking it. Uh, Tsepo uh, also says that man is not only talking the truth. Sanskog's policies uh, aren't making it cool for us as South Africans because the Rugby Sevens team is top in Africa. So why aren't they going to the Olympic Games? Uh, you know, so no love lost there, Graham, as far as uh, the the comments around Saskog are concerned. I know that you've got a dash off. So maybe let me take your final thoughts on this issue. Uh, it does sound like Kondisa is keen for another round and another day to talk about all Saskog related issues because, you know, we've been denied access to chat to Saskog. We've asked several times and we haven't had any joy because we've wanted an open dialogue and an open conversation. So South Africans have kind of said their say. How do we end this, Graham? Robert, really, it takes clean administration. SASCOT needs to clean house completely. You've got a president there, you've got a vice president there, you've got board members there who have been involved in that system for five, six, ten, 
They've got a finance committee chairman, Kurbis Murray, a DA politician who's in contravention of the SASCOG charter. He's been there for over 12 years. He cannot be on the board for more than 12 years. He's now in his 13th year. He is the finance chairman. You've got to ask him questions. SASCOG needs to clean house. The story about not being top eight in the world doesn't stand up true. In Rio, and I, I can't remember the country, but I think a country, a men's hockey team was ranked 15th in the world. They got to the finals of the Olympics hockey in Rio. That, the Blitzbocker, the lady Blitzbocker, gave them an opportunity to go to the Olympic Games and see what they can do. Maybe they might get to the final. Maybe they'll get a bronze medal. You don't know until you give them the chance to participate. It's, it's nonsense about flying the flag and embarrassment to the country if they don't achieve. South African athletes are starved, and it's administration that needs to come clean in most of the sporting federations in South Africa. And SASCOG and the Department of Sport and Recreation are to blame for the mess that South African sport finds itself in. I believe we just got a quick voice note to take, Graham, before you drop the line. Let's play that quickly. Good evening, Marawa, and good evening to your guest. Marawa, I would like to strongly disagree with your guest. Yes, we understand the criteria is put down, but the Saskok officials, those criteria that they put, he himself put down, what criteria do they meet there? So why do Saskok officials go to events when they... They, 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 they haven't won anything, they haven't qualified for anything, and they're not world best in anything. So it doesn't make sense what he's saying. On the, uh, and secondly also, these women are champions. Champions in Africa, yes. We want to see champions of Africa at the Olympics. And the only way that they are going to um, improve is for them to play the best countries. So they have earned the right to be at the Olympics. Yes, the criteria is fine to have criteria, but this criteria that they have put in, in place right now is contradictory in itself. I thank you, Marawa. This is Beloved in Alberton. Bye. Um. Just a quick word from you, Gondisa, regarding some of the comments that have come through. And, you know, surely some speak to the policies that SASCOG has, that they are anti-competition. That I think part of what Graham is also talking about is saying, sure, fine, we've had people going out there there to compete. And we've had instances and situations where people have come back with, with, with no medals. But, you know, for crying out loud, give the people that are earning their stripes, especially on the continent, the right of passage to go and would you maybe even know how many competitions the the rugby women's team would have had uh, in the build-up to maybe earning a top eight place in the world so let me let me say this these these criteria um didn't just come out of the blue right so so there's a high performance commission there at saskok which is chaired by dr debbie alexander She's a PhD in uh, clinical psychology, all sorts of qualifications. There's about four four sports-related physicians, doctors in that. In that, there's there's legal people, there's people who know sport. So these things are not uh, dreamt up by a condesa sitting somewhere and saying this is what needs to happen. There is a consultative process that 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 begins. So there's a commission. That commission is composed of very very qualified people, and I think we need to respect it, even if people don't think highly of me as an individual. But I think we need to respect those professionals because they do this thing voluntarily. So so that's the first thing. The second thing. Is 
is that they do this in consultation with the national federations. So it's said that we're only discussing this now and uh, and perhaps the things you said, uh, Robert, earlier are a result of that. But I would have loved to have these conversations last year because we wouldn't be having this. These, would it have the, changed, though, Kondisa, because we, no, it, we, we, we've perhaps been would have. I don't know. I don't know, Robert. But yeah, I think we, we, what, we've, we've been trying to get SASCOG to, okay, to be enough. very honest to no. address a lot of things. And, yeah, uh, and, and I suppose enough. in the light of the commission that was going on, uh, a lot of them probably didn't want to step forward in the same way that uh, the CEO of SARU does not want to come on the show. People have their own reasons why. But if uh, Robert Marawa gets fired from SABC, uh, then they're very quick to come onto the platform because they feel that they will not get the kind of questioning Maybe they'll come there and eat uh, fish and chips or get uh, cookies and cream. I don't know. But, you know, our role is to almost act as those arbiters for society where we ask the, the hard questions at times. And it, it will never be personal. It will never be personal. No, no, I appreciate It will never be no, personal um, on anybody who's the president of SASCOG. It will just be uh, an all-inclusive topic-related uh, debate that 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 gone is and and yes you you would not have been there when all of these were there but it does not mean that the the, the same people that would have drafted this uh, with all of their learned education that they have is not subject to them being debated upon or maybe even challenged because it does not say that 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 they thought was right at the time is still right in 2019. No, that's true. But I think we need to also say this, that um, the, the criteria for Rio is was different to this criteria. So this criteria has changed a little bit from what Rio was. So there is learnings that were taken into, into cognizance when this criteria was developed. And as I say, it was developed, discussed uh, with the national federations on a countless number of times. I was speaking to the, to the chair of the of the High Performance Commission, Dr. Alexander, this afternoon to just double check how much consultation and she was at pains to explain to me the number of meetings they've had with national federations. We've been having these conversations with Yuri, with Mark, Alexander, and, and, and many other people within rugby. We have obviously not been able to come to uh, an, a final agreement with them on it, but it has been discussed with, 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 with everybody. And I, and I think... The role that we need to be playing in society is to put these things out there and let, let them debate, let them be debated as we are doing now. And the reason why I'm here is to make sure that we actually take these things out on air and discuss them so that the South African public can see what we're trying to do so that they can hear us as well from that point of view. And despite all the, the, the things people are saying about SASCO, and, and I'm not going to defend those right here today. I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to explain how the criteria works, how it was developed, and who is behind that criteria. The other issues that people are complaining about in terms of how SASCOG uh, is being governed and who's been there and how long they have been, those matters are being tackled separately and uh, they are being tackled appropriately and we can talk about that some other day. So, so, so um, the other thing that I think people have referred to is that we are trying to prevent federations from participating in international sport. That is not the case, Robert. The only time we've really come into the part in terms of selection criteria is when the, when we're talking about the Olympics, we're talking about the Commonwealth Games, we're talking about African Games. Those are the three events and, and the World Games, for, fourth one. Those are the only uh, four times that SASCO appears in the selection process. So all along, you know, sport codes, sport federations, sports men and women in this country can participate in all international competitions and we're not involved in that. We were not involved in the selection of the uh, athletics team that went to Doha, for example. That was the job of Athletics South Africa. Our involvement on that has been to support those athletes on a monthly basis, most of them on a monthly basis with stipends so that they can do what they do best. And that's 
really the kind of thing that I want to pay my attention to as we go forward. And that's yeah. the kind what, of what if we, we put to money do. together for the women to go and compete in the Olympic Games? I know that SASCOP no, 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 controls that. everything. Would that be permissible? No, 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 that's not the issue. The issue is not uh, because to go to these games, uh, for example, the flights are paid for by the IOC and so forth. What I'm saying is that the, the issue is not whether or not uh, there are resources for them to go in this particular instance. I'm saying the issue is about resources, that there is not enough money that's being put into sport in order for us to produce quality athletes that can hold their own around the world. The flights to, to from South Africa to Tokyo are going to be paid for by the Olympic Committee. That's what happens with the Olympics. It's not the case in Africa. It's not the case with Commonwealth. All right, Graham, final 30 seconds, please. Yeah, Rob, I mean, I agree. I mean, the, you know, the, not enough money is going into sport, but there is money available. The administrators, and uh, I, I, it's hard to find one single sporting federation that I can say is actually clean. And that's the hardship. And the athletes are silenced by draconian codes of conduct. They can't speak out against the system. At the end of the day, South African sport, the administrators need to take a good hard look at themselves in the mirror and say, what are we doing for the athletes? And, yes, half a team went to the athletic, athletic championships in Doha. No surprise that we didn't get a medal. And that's what's going to keep on happening. The teams are going to get smaller and smaller. Athletes, it's a four-year cycle to prepare for the Olympic Games. How do you tell these ladies, after winning the, winning the final in Africa, in Tunisia, going to the top of Africa, beating Kenya in a great final, was it 15-14, and yet you come back and they say, sorry, you can't go to the Olympic Games. The pinnacle of all sport is the Olympic Games. And these athletes are being denied the opportunity. And it's a sad state of affairs, but it goes back to a long time. Saskok has been totally corrupt for so many years, and so many sporting federations are in the same boat. And the Department of Sport and Recreation does so little. The amount of money that comes in from the lottery, just before the Rio Olympics, Saskok got 72 million rand. I'd love to see a, a, a chart of how that 72 million was spent. Mm. Rob, things need to change. We're going to be having this conversation pretty soon. I I can tell you that it it sounds promising. I I hope so. Kondi Sanguinia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Graham Joffe, as well in the United States of America for making time and also Kondi for making time to be with us in studio. Highly appreciated. Thank you, Robert. Anytime, anytime, Rob. Thank you so much. And thanks to your reaction as well on, on social media, on Twitter. Wandi Limdana says, uh, we've been fighting interference in sport for years as we fear this kind of treatment. And now a team is deprived of a chance to compete in international stage because one perceives uh, not to have enough resources. This is ridiculous. While officials spend exorbitantly. Pumelele Mushwele says, how many officials did Saskog send to one international sports event in Italy? Uh, two swimming meets in Namibia. Three junior world champs earlier this year. Will they allow a team to go if we fund it? What is Banyana or Bafana plus juniors ranked? So all of these come through. Tem, Edward Tampa says, um, do you still remember the oversized SA Olympic kit? That Saskog is fraud. Uh, your guest is protecting himself and the institution for the salary, pension, medical aid, car, allowance, house, and he says, and you know what else. Um, yeah, so a lot of your tweets are coming through. I'm not sure if we, we had our connection down to PE uh, because South Africa is still there with a fighting chance. Uh, a lot has happened from a natural disaster point of view in Japan. Uh, we, we do have a, you know, 
quick conversation, I would imagine, with Tando Manana. Uh, he believes that Springboks will go all the way to become world champions. I don't know if I'm saying this out of turn or is that dream still alive, Mr. Manana? Yes, Rob. On Sunday, you've been having sleepless nights. You've put out your dream team to go out and conquer in a quarterfinal. Is this still attainable from a Springbok perspective? Look, Rob, I think what's important is uh, to understand that the Japan that will be playing on Sunday is not the one of the miracle of Brighton. Uh, this is a side that is playing in front of their home crowd, uh, watched by 68,000 at the Okama Stadium. So we'll be the underdogs. Uh, this is a side that hasn't lost in their Pool A, uh, where they were deemed not to be the team that will go through. And I think thus we wanted a warm-up game against them earlier on two weeks before the tournament. But things have changed. Uh, you know, this is a side, if one were to look, and, and if I take people back to the Ireland game, where they, they ticked all the boxes ahead of an island side who came as ranked the number one side in the world into this Rugby World Cup. So therefore I caution uh, the South Africans not to really take this team as a team that we can muscle or outmuscle up front because against an Irish side they had a 100% success rate in scrummaging. It's unheard of for a Japanese side to do so well against an island that has beaten the New Zealand side, which is the All Blacks, in their last three encounters twice. So what I'm saying is, it's game on Sunday. Team selection on Thursday is quite critical for Rasi Rasmus. This is a team that plays the full tempo. It plays the full 80 fast. They are loose play and also dynamic on attack. We've seen uh, the, the likes of their back three, how dangerous they are. You look at a guy like uh, Kenki uh, Fukuoka. You look at a guy like Kotora Machushima. You know, those are guys that uh, are in top form. Now, for me, the reason I worry a little bit is our first starting 15 has not started in the last three weeks leading up to Sunday's game. Our last game or pool game in pool B, we played with what we call our B team. So, yes, your front uh, uh, liners have been having uh, sufficient rest. But that rest, how soon are they going to shake it off going into the quarterfinal? We've got to have uh, those questions. That's why then, Rob, you see uh, the, the look at how are we going to look against a Japanese side who, if you look in terms of tackles, tackled the biggest man backwards. You look at a Scotland side who... They were only in the lead in the first seven, six minutes with, through the try that was scored by the, the fly-off uh, of, 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 of Scotland, Finn Russell, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, and, and thereafter, it was Japanese all the way through. They had no answer uh, for the next 28 points that were to come. Uh, despite, yes, uh, the comeback from, from the Scottish, but that did not prove anything uh, beyond uh, a 27-21 finish uh, in, in, in that last pool stage. So for me, is we've got to be cautious. We've got to also, uh, Springboks have got to give them the respect, but also have got to stick to a game plan. What is the game plan? We've mm -hmm. kept on being asking, what's our game plan? Are we going to go for a faff? Who's going to kick into the hands 
uh, of the dangerous back three, and they're going to start touching, running touching at us. on that subject, though, Mr. Manana, I was going to ask you that direct question. Yes. Because the, the last time when I saw Uyakuta Nagar uh, for about 50 minutes, he, he, he did something really incredible. Very quick, uh, also playing the quick ball, had 75 passes that he was able to dispatch. Now, we, like you said, we've been toying around, we've been experimenting, hmm. but the, the Herschel Jangis that I've seen win us the championship and that I've seen rising to the occasion is not the first 15 player. Rob, if you look in, into that supposed squad that I would have really loved to see, I don't even have a Fafdi Klerk in my match day 23. And the reason is quite simple. The Japanese play at such a speed they'd make anyone look slow. But most importantly, if really uh, Rasi can come to his senses when it comes to team selection, you can't leave Swungkosi out. Yes, uh, we've seen what he could do uh, in that last game. But most importantly, you've got to have a very strong uh, back three. People have been saying we've scored more tries with Villileru. That's nonsense. We don't need uh, that. We need someone who's going to, from the back, and attack and play a different type of play than someone who said we've scored more. Yes, we've scored more, but what has he done in the tournament? He's been nowhere. You look at the 9, 10, 15. That's been our biggest problem in this World Cup. But then, you, what do you want? You want enterprising players. That's why the call is for you to have Damien Willemse on the bench. Because when he comes on, he's going to give you the X factor. But then, when he comes on, he's got to really glow and gel quickly and immediately. And for me, that's what is important. The skill, the precision that the Japanese side is also something that I've enjoyed personally. I've watched all their games. Let's give credit where it's due, Rob. That is why I said earlier on, we are not going to watch the miracle of Brighton. It happened in 2015, but now they're playing at their own home ground. They're not playing in Brighton in England. They're playing at home. They've got the country support. And for the first time, we're going to see South Africans' experience uh, being uh, uh, sort of now taken to task in terms of can they really, uh, you know, uh, change the fortunes of, Japan, of, of the Japan side. That remains to be seen. It all goes to Rassi's uh, sense when it clicks in, in terms of when he selects that squad, who is his best possible 23 that can go all the way. Score? We'll talk next week, Tuesday. <laughs> My name. We'll talk Score. next week, Tuesday. Rob, it's a quarterfinal. It's New Zealand versus Ireland. It's Wales uh, up against the French. No, uh, it's, and it's, it's England. No, no, no. It's England versus Australia. This is the first time that we have a World Cup, Rob, that you cannot predict who goes to the semifinal. It's a fact. It's there on paper, Rob. That's your top eight that has made okay. it into the last eight. Don't, don't, so, don't give me a prediction. Yes. Just answer a very simple question. Will yeah. the host nation qualify through to the next round? Rob, I can't hear you. You are breaking now. <laughs> bye bye, my man. Rob, you are breaking. Rob? Tamin Gubeni is standing by for Ayabong and Tawe. One man is finding his range and his broken telephone. We'll also hand you over to Justice. Catch you tomorrow.